Taylor lovers. Welcome back to Taylor lovers. Welcome back indeed. It's been a minute. It's been a while. (laughs) Um, We want to start off this episode by offering our sincerest apologies. We're so sorry. For our very unplanned hiatus. yeah. Yeah. It's been a hot minute. So we were doing great in that we had this wonderful plan. We thought we're going to get get a backlog of episodes so that we can mm-hmm. really post something every week. And we did for a long time. And then the holidays happened. Yeah. And then career changes happened. Big, big changes big in life. Cha- life yeah. changes. Everybody got busy. And then show season came around for the theater nerd in the group. And before we knew it, we had run out of episodes to post. (laughs) And we couldn't get a recording date on the calendar. So we are very, very sorry. But we love doing this and we're back. And we hope that, you know, if you're enjoying it, Maybe you'll stick around. Give yeah. us a second chance. We can't promise that we're going to be 100% reliable all the time, but we can promise we will do our damn best. That's exactly right. <laughs> so we are back today, and we're going to be talking about three songs from Fearless. We're yes. going to continue to work our way through that album. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first, before we get into Fearless, we have like kind of an exciting thing to talk about. Yes, we do. Yeah. So a um, little bit of backstory here. I um, I no longer work at the Botanical Garden that I mentioned mm-hmm. before. Now I work for Pittsburgh Ballet Theater. Yes. And we had our Contemporary Ballet show last week. Um, and there were all these amazing female choreographers who came um, and presented their work at our show. And this one choreographer and I were talking along with a couple of my other coworkers. Her name is Helen Pickett. Um, she's very lovely, a very bubbly, vivacious person, and she was just so much fun to talk to. And she was um, talking about this niece that she has. She has a niece Mm -hmm. who lives in Germany named Julia, and she was saying how much she loves spending time with Julia, and she's like the cool auntie because (laughs) she speaks English with her, and and she said she loves Taylor Swift. And I was like, oh, me too. (laughs) And my boss, Denise, who is like... Maybe one of the podcast's biggest fans yes, as far as like promoting it. She talks about my podcast or our podcast all the time. And she was like, Jenna has a podcast about Taylor Swift. And Helen goes, oh, you do? And I said, yes. And she goes, well, what is it? And I told her it's Taylor Lovers. And she was like, I'm texting Yulia right now to listen to it. And I was like, oh, that's so nice of you. Thank you. And then the next day um, I was emailing with her about work-related stuff, and Helen said that uh, Yulia has been listening to Taylor Lovers. And so this is a little shout-out. Hello, Yulia. Hello, Yulia. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Oh, we're so happy to have you here, and we hope you've been enjoying it. We are so happy to have you here, and it probably bears sharing that Yulia is an international fan. Yes, I... Did I leave that part oh, out? I think. I'm oh so no, sorry. you did mention that she was from Germany. <laughs> yeah, you she's, did. Uh-huh. she's an international. You know what? It fan bears emphasizing, emphasizing that she is an international yes. fan, which is so cool. <laughs> yes, yes. So we're really, really excited to have a new fan in Yulia, and thanks, Helen, for yeah. helping grow our fan base. Yeah, and I just wanted to put the invite out there that if you would like to, Yulia. Mm-hmm. Send us an email at yes. taylorloverspodcast at gmail.com 
and tell us, I don't know, what your favorite Taylor Swift song is. Oh and, my gosh, And yeah. why. And we'll read it on our next episode. Oh, absolutely. And hey, listen, while you're at it, if you feel so inclined, because I know a lot of Taylor fans are love to share their stories about mm-hmm. how they became Taylor fans. Yeah. Please, like, let us know anything and everything about your experience with Taylor Swift. Like, yeah. when did you first discover her? Like, what made you love her? Whatever. Just like, there's no such thing as too long of an email. Yes. We would love to hear from you. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. So that would be great. And I think, isn't it kind of fun that we, I met this woman who I'd never met before, Helen, and somehow through the magic of Taylor, isn't that what's so great about art in general is that it can connect people from different cultures and different walks of life. Mm -hmm. And we can all just say, Hey, I like that thing too. We're not so different. I don't know. Maybe that's kind of a cheesy thing to say. No, (laughs) I love it. I love it. And you know, I think Taylor would love it too. I think so so too. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so thank you for listening, Yulia. And I hope you continue to enjoy it. Indeed. All right. Okay. So... We are going to be getting back into Fearless Taylor's version. Woohoo! <laughs> so, what was the last song that we reviewed from Fearless? You belong, you belong with, with me. me. A big one. Ugh. Mm-hmm. A an absolute mammoth. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about three songs. Quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. Uh, if mm-hmm. if you belong with me as a mammoth, this is like. These are kind of more along the lines of, I don't know, um, meerkats? That's a great analogy. I'm trying to think of a smaller African meerkats animal. Meerkats are small. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But they're still perky. They're perky. <laughs> they've got, you know, they've got some, they've got some uh, uh, moxie to them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. People still like meerkats. They can meerkats. stand on their own. Yeah. <laughs> but Sorry. we're going to, so we're going to be starting with track seven, yeah. um, which is, <laughs> Listen, nothing can compare with You Belong With Me. That's just a fact. It's hard yeah. to measure up to that. So we're going to start with track seven today, which is Breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it features uh, Colby Calais. Uh, as David said when he was on our podcast, mm. Bubbly Queen. Bubbly Queen. Yeah, that's a great way to describe Colby Calais. To be completely honest, I feel like Bubbly is the only song that I can name of hers. Like, I know she's big. I know she's yeah. successful. It's yeah. just that I know so little about her. And that, But that song mm-hmm. will always hold a special place in my heart because it is a good song. Yeah. And I was at a David Archuleta concert once. Oh my God, David Archuleta comes back again. <laughs> and he covered it. <laughs> and it was improvised. Pittsburgh was the first city where he was like, he had this idea. He had never done it before. And he was like, Whoa. I think I know it. And I think my guitarist knows it. So we're just going to try it. And if we mess it up, you guys can just sing along and it'll be cute. Risky David. I know. He was <laughs> such a champ. All right. Would you like me to give us some background yeah. on the song? Let's right. do it. Great. So Breathe is a song that was written by Taylor Swift and Colby Calais, which is pretty cool that they co-wrote it together. Um, The 2008 version was produced by Taylor Swift and Nathan Chapman. The Taylor's version, the the Taylor's version version, (laughs) I guess I could just say Taylor's version, was uh, produced by Taylor Swift and Christopher Rao. The hidden message on this song is, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry teardrops yeah, yeah very sad i know i know right um chart performance wise the 2008 version um uh, debuted and peaked at number 87 on the billboard hot 100 where it spent one week on the chart and that was um the week that fearless was released and then in 2014 the song was certified gold by the riaa um, and that means that it sold 500,000 units That's actually, I think, kind of a lot for a song that wasn't a single. Yeah, for a song that wasn't a single, that is a lot. And for a song that's like, meh. 
<laughs> not to spo- spoiler alert for my review of this song. It's not bad. It's just not like, you know. Meerkat. It's meerkat, yeah. right. Um, so, uh, and then Taylor's version peaked at number 34 on, Bill, on Billboard's U.S. Hot Country Songs, number 133 on Billboard Global 270, and number 78 in Canada, which honestly seems more reflective of like, yeah, that's that's what you're going to get for a song like that. I mean, Canada liked this song Canada significantly more than yeah. the U.S. did, apparently. Canada is more in touch with their emotions, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, and let's see. So you want me to do critics and you do awards? Sure. All right. So critical reception. Um, it was said that critics had a positive response to the song, but some of the reviews um, felt like kind of backhanded compliments based yeah. on your take, which is interesting. And I got that too from the reading that mm-hmm. I did. So one example is um, that Taylor Weatherby of Billboard said that Taylor, quote, has a lovely voice that could practically sing you to sleep. Uh, I think that's insulting. That's pretty backhanded, yeah. (laughs) And that this song, quote, may be the most soothing breakup song of all time. Okay, okay. okay. There's nothing wrong with saying that. That's fine. Uh, And then Jonathan Keefe of Slant Magazine said, Taylor should have chosen a different collaborator, calling Colby Calais inert. Rude. Yeah. And so this comment, it's worth noting that this comment came from a a review of the whole album um, from this this gentleman, Jonathan Keefe, who... Yeah, I did read the review. Uh, Jenna was kind enough to post the link. And if anybody wants to get a little bit fuming, yeah. feel free to read it. Um, it is on slant.com. And it is, yeah, it, it, suffice it to say, Jenna, in your notes, you said, you know, it's frankly pretty sexist. Yeah. And suffice it to say, if you're wondering, like, sexist, how, um, the gist of it really is that, oh, train whistle. Got a little ambient noise here. <laughs> Close your eyes. Imagine you're standing next to the train tracks. <laughs> we could do like a little calm. I feel like yeah. anytime we have an ambient interruption on our podcast, mm-hmm. we'll turn into the calm app. Yeah. And we'll like tell a story. <laughs> you're meeting your lover. He's traveled from Paris this to is, see you. This is good banter. I think I'm just going to leave this in. Leave it in. Yeah, I'm not yeah. editing this out. That was that was fabulous. Good job. Improvising. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You're a regular Harry Styles on the calm app. <laughs> you know what? I did download calm just to hear him. Just his, to hear Harry Styles. And I couldn't fall asleep because I was giggling too much. <laughs> I probably would do the same thing. <laughs> anyway. Um, anyway. Um, so, yeah, the, the Jonathan Keefe review, the gist of it really is, is that a lot of the review really um, hammers into this idea that she is only appealing to young girls and that that makes her less um, less deserving of the praise that she's getting, basically. Yeah, which yeah. is stupid. Which is, yeah. What, young girls aren't allowed to enjoy music? I know, right? Get it's out of here, pretty, Jonathan. It's pretty silly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's there's some of the some of the critic response to the song Breathe. And, you know, I do want to say, in response to his comment about Colby Calais being inert, mm. um, I... I don't I don't want to sound insulting to Colby Kelly either, but I don't know how he even heard enough of her voice to even say that. Oh, I know. I think she's very quiet on this. Song. She's a backup. I mean, she's no different than Nathan Chapman. Is yeah. This. Like, I mean, they and the, we'll get into this later. Yeah, I love Taylor, and you know I do not criticize lightly. No. When she features an artist, it's kind of a slap in the face. I mean, this has... She doesn't feature them. She has them sing backup vocals. is a very common criticism yeah, of her. Yeah, she does. And I think it's mm-hmm. fair um, that it's like, 
until nothing new came out with Phoebe yes, Bridgers. with Phoebe Bridgers. Mm-hmm. And what was frustrating was that every time that it would be a woman collaborator, mm. they'd be singing backup. Yep. But when she'd have a male collaborator, mm. Ed Sheeran gets his own verse and everything has changed. Andy gets his own verse in Endgame. Um what's his name? Gary Lightbody gets his own verse in the last time. Yeah. Um, like when males are singing with her, they get their own verse. Hmm. Not, they're not until red Taylor's version Yeah. where nothing new with Phoebe Bridgers has Phoebe has her own line. And Chris Stapleton does backup for, I bet you think about me. Hmm. So anyway, totally fair criticism. You're right. correct. Yeah. But I also think I've heard the response to this of, she really values backup singing and mm. she must feel like this adds something to it. I don't know. I do kind of feel like that's a little bit of a cop out, Taylor. Little um, <laughs> What's wrong with giving Colby? I would have loved to have heard Colby sing one of these verses. Yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. Um, totally. So anyhow. All right. On to awards. Um, this was nominated for best pop collaboration with vocals at the 2010 Grammys. Um, it did not win. Are there pop collaborations without vocals? I, you know, that's a good question. <laughs> Maybe David Guetta had like some Maybe. songs that are just like DJs <laughs> scratching discs. I don't know what I'm talking about clearly. Go ahead. Uh, um, so the, the song meaning slash origin is, according to Taylor, this is a quote. I was a huge fan of Colby's record Coco when it came out. I fell in love with the way that she makes music. I contacted her management right away and asked if I could write with her. And sure enough, Colby has a date coming up in Nashville where she was going to be playing a show and she had the day off. So um, Taylor says, I think she sounds beautiful on it. I'm so excited to have her voice on my album. And then about the lyrics themselves, Taylor said, um, it was total therapy because I came in and I was like one of my best friends. Um, sorry, I... My old eyes are having a hard time reading our document. Oh, you're fine. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious. You know, sometimes I get lost in Google Drive, and I'm, I'm trying to zoom in for Jenna, like a good friend, and I was <laughs> like, where's you. the zoom function? We both, neither of us can function right oh, now. All right, there we go. Taylor, <laughs> grandma's is more like it. So sorry. Um, okay. Let me start over from the beginning of that quote. <laughs> it was total therapy because I came in and I was like, look, one of my best friends, I'm going to have to not see anymore. And it's not going to be part of what I do. It's the hardest thing to go through. It's crazy listening to the song because you would think it's about a relationship. And it's really about losing a friend and having a fallout. Um, and then when Taylor was recording Fearless Taylor's version, Colby Calais said that, um, quote, I was honored that she asked me to be a part of it again. It was an instant yes, of course. And then she added, singing it again reminded me of what a beautiful song it is and that we can all relate to it at different times in our lives. I know this is a special song for Taylor. She also said that she was given the instruction to make it sound very similar to the original. Hmm. So I thought that was interesting that, um, I love that Taylor brought her back for uh, yes. Taylor's version. I thought that was really cool. And I love that she has been, we kind of talked about this when we first started talking about Fearless Taylor's version, mm-hmm. that she went back and she was listening to all the tracks and she was making mental notes of exactly how she sang things mm-hmm. and trying to really make like an absolute replica of what she had made before. <clears throat> and it even came through um, with Colby's piece. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was... What do you think about this song, Origin? Are, are you, like, so curious about who this friend was and what the heck happened? Kind of. Um, I am. Yeah, yeah. And you know what's funny is I feel like 
I kind of forgot too. Like even when I was listening to it for my review today, I kind mm-hmm. of forgot that that was the case. Like I, I was listening to it like a breakup song, and it really does work either way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is that is pretty depressing. It's like, yeah, oh, that's sad. Yeah. I'm just like, I kind of want the tea. What happened here? Yeah. And it does make the one lyric, um, feeling like I just lost a friend. A little bit of a head scratcher because it's like, yeah. well, you did just lose a right. Maybe so, that's yeah. <laughs> nail on the head there, Taylor. is not clicking because it's like I almost. I don't want to. Um, this is speculation. Yeah. I don't want anyone to like come at me, but I almost feel like maybe the song origin is something that she made up after the fact to make mm. it more interesting. interesting. Like maybe it is just a breakup song. And then she was like, Oh crap. Like it's just another breakup song. And that's what everyone's going to call it. Ooh. So like, I'll pretend like it's about a friend. And she forgot that that lyric. Was <laughs> <laughs> maybe <laughs> that hey. is pure speculation. I yeah. I've heard crazier conspiracy <laughs> theories, especially Same. about Taylor. Oh. Um, there is no music video for this. And Taylor only ever performed this song live once, as far as I can tell, and it was at the Miami show of the Reputation Tour. It was, yeah, same same way I feel about the song in general. <laughs> I gotta say, if I had been at the Miami show, if that was the oh, only show I went so to, disappointed. and I was hoping for, like, our song or, like, Picture to Burn or something, I would have been pretty sad that we got to breathe. breathe. I mean, you still got to the Reputation Tour, so right. you still had a good We all night, win in the end, like, but... I, I would have been bummed if this had been my show. I feel that. <laughs> all right, so Carly, give us your full take on this song. All right, well, I'll start off by saying, again, whenever I was doing my notes, I like completely forgot that she had commented that this was about a friendship breakup and not like a romantic breakup. So I approached yeah. it more thinking about it like that. But again, I kind of feel like maybe she made that up because that line, that one line, interesting. make a good point. So um, <sighs> here's my take, right? This song should have been a From the Vault track. It is impactless in my opinion. It just doesn't make me feel anything. It doesn't, I'm indifferent about it. I don't hate it. Mm-hmm. I don't care about it. I would never listen to it by choice. Like I would, I mean, it's there. And if I'm on shuffle and I'm not near my phone and can't skip, I'll let it play. Um, But I feel like it should have been replaced with you all over me. Oh, right. Now, now what's interesting is that. Which is a breakup song. It is. It is a breakup song. And it's, the lyrics are so much more interesting. For sure. That's what, yes. For sure. Uh But it's, Mm -hmm. now you bring up something interesting, which is. We'd have to live in an alternate reality where Marin oh. Morris was an artist back oh, then. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was still... Because uh, I think she was quite... She was I think young. she's got like a relatively young career still. Oh, yeah, very much so. She At and, the time, she was probably still a teenager. Like, she probably yeah. hadn't even moved to Nashville yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, right? So... Yeah. Or it could have just been without Marin Morris. Or it could have been without her. Yeah. Right. But yeah, I really, really think You All Over Me is like the better version of this song. Um, and so here's here's why. Look at that. I'm going to make my case. Okay. First of all, I think the melody of You All Over Me is so much more memorable. Um, There's actually a hook that sticks in your head. Mm -hmm. Um, The harmonies in that song are actually featured. Like, they're rich and they're beautiful. Mm -hmm. And whenever you are singing along with You All Over Me, you can pick up on either the melody or the harmony as what you're singing along with because they're almost at equal volume. Mm -hmm. Whereas with this one... 
Colby Calais, as we said, is a backup singer. Mm -hmm. The harmonies are barely audible. They're not interesting. They're not, you know, unique in any way. She's just kind of there at a low volume, no higher than what like Nathan would have been. I think even lower sometimes than Nathan. Um, So it's, it's not interesting in that way or ear and not really ear catching. The second reason is I think as you just said this, um, you all over me has so much more unique of a metaphor yeah. in its refrain mm-hmm. than this one does. Like for heartbreak, and regardless yeah. of whether we're talking about losing a friendship, heartbreak over a lost friendship, mm-hmm. or heartbreak over a lost relationship, yeah. I think that I think that the point still stands. So, like the imagery of no amount of freedom gets you clean. I've still got you all over me. Like yeah. thinking about what that feels like and looks like you, like mm-hmm. my body and my mind is like covered, right? Yeah. Like what a powerful image. Yeah. Whereas next to that, the metaphor, uh, I can't breathe without you is so boring. Cliche. Cliche, yeah. been done before. Just a couple examples. No Air by Chris Brown and Jordan Sparks. Oh, Chris Brown do we, is in this conversation. Do we remember, <laughs> tell me how I'm supposed to breathe with no air? Like, oh. okay, there's the meta. There it is again. Leanne rhymes. How do I live without you? How do I breathe without you? Mm-hmm. How do I ever, ever survive? This is a metaphor that has been done to death. Yeah. And so it just is like, and then um, musically, and I, I think I forgot to put this in here, but mm-hmm. it, it might be later in my notes. But musically, the last similarity and the reason I think you all over me could have replaced Breathe mm-hmm. is because, like, I defy you. Other than that kind of weird stylistic sound that starts, that opens up with you all over me, mm-hmm. if you take that away and you just start it right at the guitar, mm-hmm. they're the same. Yeah. The same. Like, I mean, they're, they're almost identical in, like, the time signature, mm-hmm. the just the strumming pattern. And so it really does feel like maybe she had these two songs and because one was co-written with Colby Calais, it was like, okay, well, yeah. this is the one I'm going to feature and I'll throw this one off. Yeah. Meanwhile, that one was actually better. So you are making a strong I'm case, so girl. Sad. You didn't really have a whole lot of convincing to do in the first place because <laughs> yeah, I feel very similar you agree to you. very much. Yeah, but I yeah. mean, it does. I can definitely see it being that, and I I love that she was like, I really like Colby Calais. I like yeah, the way she makes music. Let's sweet. do a song mm-hmm, together. Mm-hmm. And then once you do that, once you make that commitment. You kind of have to yeah, put it on the album. Stay. Yeah, yeah, totally. But so, because I, I wonder if Colby hadn't been on the song, if she had written the song by herself, mm. um, or with Liz Rose or with Nathan Chapman or whoever, but it wasn't Colby, mm-hmm. would it have been a vault track? Ooh, we'll never know. And would You All Over Me have made it on? Perhaps. Because one of the arguments that for why she cut any of the vault songs was too many breakup songs or too mm. many songs that sound the same. And yes, if both of them were on there, they do sound the same. So similar. Yeah. Yep. No, that's a really good point. So mm-hmm. uh, I I hate to say it because I really do like Colby Calais. I know, me too. And mm-hmm. I, I thought the way that she spoke about this song was very sweet. Um, kind of feels like if she hadn't been involved, we would have had a better song on their album. You know what? I'll almost say this too is, and I, and I mean this as like, not, it's not an insult at all. I, this sounds like a Colby Calais song that should have featured Taylor Swift, not a yeah. Taylor Swift song that featured Colby Calais. Cause it yeah. just doesn't feel, it just doesn't feel, I don't know. You know, that's so interesting because she ended up doing that with some of the vault songs on Red, actually. True. Like, Better Man was given to Little Big Town. Was given to Little Big Town, yeah. And I think she was featured on Babe, or... Yes. She was featured on one of those two. I think she was featured on Babe, which was done by Sugarland. Right. 
but she wrote the song. So yeah. she could, maybe, maybe this was a lesson that she learned. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. she kind of had mm-hmm. regrets about the way that this all happened. It's <laughs> like, I could have just given Colby the song and she could have sang it and I could have been featured. Awesome. Well, we'll never know. <laughs> we'll never know. We can only guess. But yeah, so I'll, I'll go through the rest of this pretty quickly. I mean, the guitar, again, it's pretty. The melody's fine, but there's just nothing memorable, memorable about it, I don't mm-hmm. think. Um, I don't like the strings because I don't think they complement the melody. I think they kind of interfere with the melody. Mm-hmm. They just, they're too much, too dramatic, um, yeah. and I don't think they add anything. Um, my favorite musical moment though is just the opening guitar um, because I mean it is pretty but again it sounds exactly like you all over me um, it's it, it's fine but it mm, the yeah. rest of the song doesn't it just doesn't work for me mm-hmm. favorite lyric um, is probably uh, feeling like I just lost a friend again thinking about this as a romantic song mm-hmm. feeling like I just lost a friend hope you know this ain't easy ain't easy for me um because I think we can all relate to that yeah. I mean if you've ever been the person to initiate a breakup mm-hmm. again that speaks so much more to romance than to friendship it does so I really right. am curious about the validity of all that but oh, yeah interesting. it's um yeah I feel like I mean that is that is very relatable because if you're the person to initiate anything like that I think it is you're always going to be looked at as the villain, no matter how much it hurts you too. And she clearly felt guilty because yeah. she has the I'm sorry's in the song. And yeah. then the hidden message in the lyrics was, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, it seems like something that she had very mixed feelings about and she felt guilty about. Yeah, yeah. So, <sighs> long, heavy sigh, four out of ten. I think that's fair. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Not, not my favorite. Not my favorite. Sorry to any breathe stands out there. And you know what? We respect you. If you're a breathe yeah. stand, we respect all stands of anything Taylor Swift. Write in and let us know why. Yeah, yeah. that's a great... We're all about discourse. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. Because Jenna's rating is going to be similar to mine. Yes. <laughs> I can see it now in the I, <laughs> I don't have a lot to say that hasn't already been said. Yeah. I think that, that was a really interesting case that you made for you all Thank over you. me. Yes, I actually... We were talking about this song more than I thought we were going to. I thought this was going to be like a quick in and out of this song. But anyway, um, I think it's very pretty. Like I said before, I, I liked reading about... Taylor and Colby working with each other. I just, I like seeing that kind of like positive collaborative attitude, women supporting women. Mm -hmm. We love to see it. Oh, always. Um, This has never been one of my favorite songs on the album because I agree. It's just boring. Um, Of the lyrics, the ones that I thought stood out to me as being better than other lyrics in the song. um, You're the only thing I know, like the back of my hand, I thought was Mm. um, much not much, but it was deeper than the rest of the song. And then um, the line of never wanted this, never want to see you hurt. Every little bump in the road, I tried to swerve. Mm. I thought that metaphor there about every little bump in the road, I tried to swerve spoke so much about how hard sometimes you try to keep relationships that you know, if the road's that bumpy, you just shouldn't be on the road in the first place. Yeah. So, you know, I, I thought that was a, a good way to describe that. I thought that was clever and, you know, a, a pretty comparison. And you understand a lot about the relationship from that little line. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, favorite musical moments? I, I think the I'm sorry's also kind of say a lot. Um, the way that it's just like over and over and over again. Um, 
I, I feel like that conveys a lot about like the relationship and how she's feeling about the relationship and everything. Yeah. Um, you know, my initial rating that I had down here was five out of 10, but I think I'm going to walk it back to four out of 10 <laughs> after what we just <laughs> talked about. Cause I'm like, what, where did that five even come from? It, you were feeling generous. It didn't earn yeah. all five of those points. <laughs> you were feeling oh, generous. Okay. On to the next song. All right. Moving on. I think we both like a good bit more. Oh yeah, definitely. Yes. A lot more. <laughs> Tell me why. Yes. Track eight. Um, do you want to do yeah. the beginning part? Yeah. Okay. Let's break it up the same way. That works. Sounds good. All right. So Tell Me Why is track eight on Fearless. It was written by Taylor Swift and Liz Rose, the dynamic duo themselves. Mm. Love those uh, two. I know, right? The 2008 version was produced by Taylor Swift and Nathan Chapman. The, ta- the Taylor's version. Taylor's version, again, was <laughs> produced by Taylor Swift and Christopher Rao. The hidden message is, guess I was fooled by your smile. The drama queen. <laughs> Gosh. All hail the drama queen. I love She's her. She's amazing. I love her so much. Oh my God. That's so petty. Know, it's super petty. <laughs> I love it. Um, so we couldn't find any chart data for this song, um, which I mean, it is kind of like one of those middle songs. It doesn't have the hook of a feature. So I mean, yeah. it makes sense that maybe it didn't really do anything. I'll be honest. When mm-hmm. I was researching this, mm-hmm. I had a hard time finding much information at all about this song. I had to do quite a bit of digging to get any of these notes. That is super interesting. Yeah. Well, hey, we'll work with what we got. Yeah. I mean, we have opinions to make up for the lack of re- uh, the lack of uh, like public information. So a slept on song. Mm-hmm. Uh, critical reception wise, uh, we have in Pitchfork's review, review of Fearless, uh, Taylor's version. The author of the article, Danny Bloom, notes that Taylor's voice is strengthened and deepened and said, there are micro changes in inflection. You ask me for my love and then you push me around. She cries on Tell Me Why. The note the note a bit more strangled and snarling. And mm-hmm. te- absolutely, that's a really good description of yeah. like the difference. Yeah. Um, in NPR's track-by-track track review of Fearless Taylor's version, uh, musician Sh- uh, Shamir writes about Tell Me Why and how Taylor, and this song in particular, inspired his songwriting when he was in high school. Uh, Shamir says, quote, Fearless felt like a masterclass on songwriting, but Tell Me Why always stood out. Tell Me Why taught me how to write a chord progression. Though it wasn't a single or even necessarily one of my favorites off the record, it was my absolute favorite to play. Despite its heavy lyrics, the chord progression sounded equally breezy and flowy sonically. The chorus really stands out. It's wordy and longer than the average chorus, but it never feels clunky. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, Additionally, all three choruses in the song vary lyrically, something she does so well. Oh, yeah. Um, And he says, obviously... Um, uh, Taylor wasn't the first to do this, but she was the first I can remember doing it and making it sound as seamless as it was. I thought that was such an interesting review of the song that like the way that he wasn't just saying like, oh, I like the song or I didn't like the song, just like the detail Mm -hmm. of chord progression and, um, and lyrics changing and stuff. I don't know. I thought that was a, a nice, a very well thought out review. Yes, indeed. Yes. Um, so about this song and and the origin of this song, Taylor said, I'd been talking to a guy I never officially dated. <laughs> Sometimes it's the hardest thing when you have all these dreams of dating them and you're getting close, but it doesn't work out. He would say things that would make me go, did you just say that? 
It bothered me so much because he would say one thing and do another, do one thing and say another. Because he didn't know what he wanted, he would just play all these mind games. So I went over to write with Liz and was just ranting and raving about how this guy's such a flake and a jerk sometimes (laughs) and so cool other times. I was like, Liz, I don't know what's up with this guy. So I just started playing the beginning. I took a chance. I took a shot. And you might think I'm bulletproof, but I'm not. Which is such a good way to open a song. Yeah, it's great. And made me wonder who this guy was. Do you think it was the guy that she wrote Love Story and White Horse about? Maybe. Because they never technically dated. And he kind of seems like... I I don't know. The description about this guy who's on again, off again, a little bit of a flake. Yeah, that would explain how that would explain how she could write. So Love Story and White Horse, I think we talked about this a couple Mm -hmm. episodes ago, are literally like 180s. And it blows our mind that they're written about the same person. Talking about how he's kind of two-faced actually does explain how you could feel Love Story about a person one day and then feel White Horse about them a day Mm -hmm. later. So you might be onto something there. You know, yeah. I'm convinced now. I think yeah. you and I just convinced I ourselves. I accepted yeah. <laughs> um, In an interview with the Associated Press, Taylor said, I walked into Liz's house and I said, I can't believe what's going on right now. So this is a retelling of the same story, but she had something different to say here. Uh-huh. So I thought it was worth including. Um, so she says, I've got to tell you about this. I told her all about it. She goes, if you could say everything you were thinking to him right now, what would you start with? So I told her, I would say to him, I'm sick and tired of your attitude. I feel like I don't even know you. And I just started rambling and she was writing everything down that I was saying. So it turned into a song. I love amazing the idea of being Liz Rose, this woman who I don't know anything about Liz Rose's personal life. Yeah. But imagine you're just this regular person who just your job is songwriting and you were just, you know, you got matched up with Taylor on her first album. So now you guys work together. You're just going about your day. <laughs> Then Taylor Swift comes barreling in and she's got this crazy thing that she's talking about now. And you're like, I don't know, Taylor, tell me more about that. And then she just starts taking notes and it's like all in a day's work for Liz Rose. <laughs> I just think what a genius. I love that. Cause she also like, she wrote on all too well. And I have a feeling that that songwriting session went similar. Oh, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> she's just that taking That seems notes. like a really safe bet. Liz <laughs> <laughs> just sitting in the corner <laughs> taking notes. Uh, anyway, um, there were two performances of this song yes. that I, I could find. One was from the Fearless Tour, which I really enjoyed. Me too. Mm-hmm. Tell me about about oh, your experience watching I, this. Oh, wait, remind me. What was going on production-wise with this one? So she's... make sure I'm remembering the right one. This is the one she's like in a sparkly silver dress <gasps> oh, and she's going yeah. back and she forth with She is rocking the... out with her guitarist. Yeah. Yes. This was great. And this one... So sometimes when she gets into rock Taylor mode, yeah. I cringe a little bit because it looks very awkward. Yeah. And sometimes she doesn't sound the best because she's, you know, out of breath or mm-hmm. whatever. This performance... She showed up in oh, yeah. every way. Absolutely. She looked great. The rocking around like didn't feel super awkward. It actually mm-hmm. felt really cool. She yeah. looked awesome. She looked confident. She sounded really good. Yeah. And I love I love watching her do that like with her musicians. Yeah. Anytime she really gets up, she because she she exuded pro energy, mm-hmm. like professional musician energy, and it was just great. They yeah. all look mm-hmm. like they're having so much fun. They do. Mm-hmm. I think she sounded great. Yep. And I think if she were a lesser artist who didn't write so many songs, that probably that song would have made the set list for another tour. Oh, I bet, yeah. Because um, I, 
I finished watching it. I was like, why didn't she play this more often? Like in later tours, Mm -hmm. this was fun. And I think it's probably because she writes so many hits, so many so many songs that you can only fit so much into a tour. Mm -hmm. Um, She also played this as a surprise song at the St. Paul, Minnesota show of the Red Tour. Can I tell you something? Please. Every single song that she plays in her little red pants (laughs) and her little stripy shirt on the stage in the Red Tour with her little ponytail is a 10 out of 10. It is. Every single one. It doesn't even matter if it's like a song I don't love you know, the studio version of when she sings it on the B stage of the Red Tour, it becomes a masterpiece. And this was no exception. Oh, she's, man, it's hard to imagine somebody who's been at the top of her game as often as she is. Right. She's just, even things that she did did that were good, she's able to top them herself. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, tell me more about your oh, your thoughts on this song. Gladly. Um, <laughs> so this was already a great song. Um, I think it just slaps. Mm-hmm. And Taylor's version is leagues better yet than the original. Amazing. Because her voice is deeper, stronger, exactly like the one reviewer said. Um, I think it is a great song to flip your lid to when you're yes. mad. We love a mad Taylor song. Absolutely. Um, Lyric-wise, I really, really like the flipped phrase about being bulletproof. How at the beginning of the song, it's you might think I'm bulletproof, but I'm not. And then later, it's I told you I'm not bulletproof. Now you know. Mm -hmm. Again, she's so creative like that. And it's just so much more interesting than just repeating a phrase. Yeah. Um, And I also really, really like my my other favorite lyric in this song is when she says, um, here's to you and your temper. Yes, I remember what you said last night. Right? Yes. So good. Don't gaslight me. Don't gaslight me. And also, there's something so unique about a lyric that sounds like it was just plucked from a... That it was plucked from an argument you had with your boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Like, she adds that yes in there, and it seems like a nothing. Mm -hmm. But really, when you look at it, when you break it down, it feels like she was like you know, at home with this guy Mm -hmm. and she was, they were arguing and she said like, well, here's to you and your temper. And then, and then he was like, temper, I don't have a temper. And she's like, yeah, I remember what you said last (laughs) night. Like it just, it's so interesting how conversational that is. Yeah. And, but it's so seamless. So it it doesn't feel clunky or weird. Mm -hmm. You just are rocking out to it. And then suddenly you realize, oh, that's not usually how songs are written. Mm -hmm. Songs aren't usually just you know, words from a conversation transplanted. They're usually more poetic. And I love that. I think it's so cool. It probably was something that came out in that session with Liz where she was ranting about this guy. Yes, And they were like, Liz was like, yeah, I remember Mm -hmm. what you said last night. Yeah, go Liz. Um, Yeah, it's so good. Music wise, one of my favorite moments is just that opening fiddle, Mm -hmm. which of course introduces every verse. Um, And I think it's little things like that that uh, make songs memorable. Yeah. And in the same way, like the hums in Hey Hey Steven, make it Hey Steven. I feel like that fiddle just makes this song tell me why. Uh, It's very, very solid. Again, it's not necessarily like a masterpiece, right? It's not one of those ones that you're going to hear and think like, oh my gosh, she's the lyricist of the generation. But it's like, wow, you're really creative. This song goes off. It's catchy. It's fun. It is just a great angry song. I give it like a solid eight out of 10. I love that. Mm -hmm. All right. How about you? We are also on the same page about this song. We're 
two for two this <laughs> this episode. Um, you know I love an angry Taylor song. Oh yes, this is a great one. I mean, I from the first line, it's like she's. She took a chance, she took a shot, and now she's taking shots at this guy. Mm-hmm. And not taking a shot on him anymore, but at him. And it's so good. I mean, like, ah, uh, that, yeah, I mean, I took a chance, I took a shot, and you might think I'm bulletproof, but I'm not, is like, I don't know. It just makes you go like, whoa. Mm-hmm. She's mad. Yeah. And this guy is wrong. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but I agree with her. Um... <laughs> And yeah, I mean, just a a really good song, a really good angry song. Mm -hmm. Um, Comparing the 2008 version with Taylor's version, um, there were notes in the 2008 version that sounded like a strain for her. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, it was like you could hear her, like she was so mad. She wanted to get those notes and she was trying her hardest, but it was just, she just wasn't there yet because she was young and still developing. Um, and now it's sung with this more mature voice. Yeah. She's wiser. She's had all this more life experience and her voice is powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that she sings, you could write a book on how to ruin someone's perfect day. That day. Yep. So good mm-hmm. and very strong. Um, I get so confused and frustrated. Forget what I'm trying to say is another one that I felt like she just sounds notably better mm-hmm. on Taylor's version. And P.S. You could write a book on how to ruin someone's perfect day <laughs> is such a good line. It and is. Tell me there isn't even just one person you know in your life who you oh. automatically think of when you hear that I line. I can feel two hands, like right now. <laughs> I'm not going to say out loud who I think of because people listen to this. And I feel like I could fill two hands with people who'd ruin your perfect day. I could like, <laughs> like not even just my life. But I feel like I could come up with at least a couple. Yeah, it's, it's such a good line. Um, I Favorite lyrics. I've got like seven down here. And girl, go for it's it. It's not even the Live ones that we've already life. talked about. Oh, I love it. Um, well, actually, the first one is. Oh, yeah. Um, The way she says bulletproof in that first line that I already have talked about. Love that. Um, I'm sick and tired of your attitude. Mm -hmm. I remember when... I don't remember what episode it was. It was one of our very first episodes. Yeah. Fearless Taylor's version had just come out. Mm -hmm. And you and I were talking briefly about, like, our thoughts on the album. And you were saying that this is a song that stood out to you as one that you really liked. And... Maybe hadn't heard before uh-huh. or hadn't really paid a lot of attention I'd to. I don't think I've ever heard it. To, uh, yeah. And the line that you said was, I'm sick, sick and tired of your attitude. attitude. <laughs> and it's so good. It is. Because it's also like, it, like you're saying, sometimes you don't need a metaphor. Sometimes you can just be direct yeah. to the point and sick of your attitude. Sick of your attitude. <laughs> um, I also had down, here's to you and your temper. Yes, I remember what you said last night. Because I love that she's not going to be gaslit by this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, the bridge is a slap in the face, and I love it. Um, and a note about the lyrics as a whole. <laughs> I already said this. <laughs> Taylor will not be gaslit. We love to see it. Okay. Yep. Um, favorite musical moments. I like the way that the instrumentation perfectly matches the energy of the lyrics. Mm. It's loud. It's like, you know, it's in your face. And that's how she's feeling. She, You can tell she's like angry. Like she wants to yell at this guy. And the music, I feel like, Perfectly matches that vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the way that it cuts in and out, and I think actually in the Fearless performance, she would like rock back and forth like very dramatically as this is happening. <gasps> nice. Like the music's going like dun 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 dun. Uh-huh. And, um, I love that. Uh, her voice on the very last. It was in that review that we read. You ask me for my love, then you push me mm, around. The mm. way that she like growls on love, so good. Um, I also had eight out of ten. Ten. Great angry Taylor song. I feel like if I'm really angry, um, I appreciate it. And if I'm not really angry, I still like it. But mm-hmm. it's like it doesn't have as much. This is a song that if you're already in a bad mood. This makes you feel better yes, when you listen indeed. to it. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, it's just like, yeah, this is a bop. Yeah, yeah, straight up. Yeah. So. <gasps> look at that. Look at that. Perfectly aligned on uh, Tell it. Me Why. No uh, no debates there. Mm-mm. All right. Moving right along. Moving right along. Track number nine, You're Not Sorry. Switching gears entirely. Yes. Uh, to a very somber tune. Oh, yeah. So this one was written by just Taylor Swift, solo piece Mm -hmm. in 2008, produced by Taylor Swift and Nathan Chapman. Taylor's version was produced by Taylor and Christopher Rao. The hidden message on this one, (laughs) oh, again, all hail the drama queen. She can have you. She can have you. She can have you. God, what? What a champion she is. Now I send your baby's presents. (laughs) Chart-wise, this song in 2008 debuted and peaked at number 11 on the Billboard Hot 100, where it spent a total of five weeks. What was the United States of America smoking when (laughs) they put You're Not Sorry at number 11 on the Billboard Hot 100? For five weeks. For five weeks. Those Swifties were they were yeah or they were all going through heartbreak at the same time it's possible um as of 2017 it was certified platinum uh by the riaa it also debuted and peaked at number 11 in canada canadians were just as heartbroken apparently (laughs) taylor's version peaked at number 40 on the billboard u.s hot country songs it peaked at 165 on the billboard global 200 and number 90 on the canadian hot 100 so critically, uh, the song received more or less positive reviews. Our dear friend Rob Sheffield, <laughs> of, at, at the time of Blender, I believe he writes for Rolling Stone now, he moved up in the world. Mm, good for you. Uh, <laughs> Rob Sheffield <laughs> called it drippy, which is such a strange... It, is, that a, is that a compliment or is not? That's like I when Pittsburghers know. call the road slippy yeah. instead of slippery. <laughs> <laughs> he called it drippy. I don't know what that means. Uh, while Jonathan Keefe, uh, our good friend of Slant Magazine, said its hook stood out. What is he? What is wrong with this man? I, I don't you know Sick why. and tired of his attitude. <laughs> Speaking of being sick and tired of people's attitudes. Um, NPR's track-by-track review of Fearless Taylor's version includes this uh, astute commentary on this song from singer-songwriter Ellis. Quote, I have always been inspired by Taylor's ability to be so utterly vulnerable in front of the entire world, and You're Not Sorry is a perfect example. In revisiting this song, I noticed something I wish I had paid more attention to when I was younger. Taylor isn't asking us for sympathy. Instead, she is exercising her own autonomy and demonstrating the incredible power of setting an emotional boundary. She is recognizing when enough is enough and putting an end to things on her own terms in her own time. 
This feels even more meaningful given the context of Taylor's re-recording. Mm. You're Not Sorry tells an even bigger story now, the story of a woman taking her power back from a man who didn't have her best interests at heart, end quote. Oh, Which, I, yeah, high key, I did too. And you know what? That That is very astute. Yeah. Um, our, oh, yes. And then this is a fun little tidbit. Yeah. Um, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, which is just a little humble paper right here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, um, to which we have pitched many a story in oh, our day. we sure have. Um, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette had a commentary on this song um, in, in a review of the Fearless Tour concert. Scott Mervis, who I think I've talked to on the phone a couple times <laughs> in my career. Are we famous? Are we famous? <laughs> Yeah, he compared the song to a oh god, I don't know. Give you give it a shot. It's French. <laughs> Chanteuse? You're probably right. I don't know. I don't speak French. <laughs> Something a la Tori Amos, who I'm assuming is a musical artist. I don't know who that is. I have literally no idea what um, that phrase means, and I don't know why I put it in this <laughs> these notes. Well, needless to say. <laughs> Um, it, the, the, the real important takeaway here is that Scott Mervis in the PP, in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette raved about Taylor Swift. He yes, did. He gave, him, he gave her a, a 10 out of 10 review um, for her concert. And I think he also, <laughs> like a year later, like nailed One Direction and was like, well, they didn't sell out the top section like Taylor Swift did. Ooh, yeah. burn on I'm, One Direction. I'm pretty sure it was Scott Mervis. I, it, it was someone from the Post-Gazette. De- someone definitely reviewed their performance. Performance at Heinz um, Field, and they were like, "Well, he didn't do as good. They didn't do as good job of t- selling his place out as Taylor." I love that you know this. <laughs> don't ask me how. I don't even remember how I know that, but I do remember reading it, and I will find it at some point. It's such niche knowledge. I know, right? Scott Mervis reviews on concerts. <laughs> concerts. <laughs> oh, uh, okay, so. That interesting commentary from Scott aside, which I'm still trying to figure out. We'll look it up. I, yeah. I definitely only included that tidbit because it was from the Post-Gazette. But I should have done like a little bit more research before I just dropped that in there. That's so good. Whatever. Anyway, um, <laughs> the song meaning and origin is um, in... The article, there's an, a cut-by-cut article that uh, Taylor did whenever this, when Fearless came out originally, and she explained each of the songs. Um, so in that, she said, it's about this guy who turned out to not be who I thought he was. He came across as Prince Charming. Well, it turned out Prince Charming had a whole lot of secrets that he didn't tell me about. And one by one, I would figure them out. I would find out who he really was. I wrote this when I was at the breaking point of, you know what? Don't even think that you can keep on hurting me. It was to a point where I had to walk away. Um, some fans theorize that this song is about Joe Jonas, in part because he wrote the song Sorry, right. which I don't know. The lyrics of that song are incredibly <laughs> generic. Um, I don't think that alone is enough to confirm that. Yeah. Um, however, from the She Can Have You, we know that Joe ended oh. things with Taylor because he went on to date some model or something. Yeah. Um, so that kind of feels to me like, and she definitely seems like she felt like she, that girl was stealing Joe away from her. Right. Um, because we get better than revenge about this, this breakup. Mm -hmm. Um, so I can kind of, if you connect those dots, that kind of makes sense to me that it would be about Joe Jonas. 
But I don't know. What do you think? Do you have any theories? Yeah, no, I couldn't think of anything else. The only other thing that entered my mind was this also seems very similar to the drama surrounding the mystery person that Love Story and White mm. Horse were about. Because mm-hmm. again, it seems like there's a pattern where she starts seeing somebody or even casually seeing somebody and then realizes they're not who they said they were, mm-hmm. which I guess you could argue is exactly what happens anytime someone goes through a breakup. I mean, yeah. not anytime, but most of the time, because yeah, like things always seem really exciting at first and, and you ignore all of their flaws or you haven't seen mm-hmm. all of their flaws. And then over yeah. time, like as you spend more time with people, they start to re- reveal their flaws. So I get that it's it's a pretty generic thing to be writing a song about and, and it doesn't necessarily mean it's the same guy, but yeah, I don't know. It just, there was a similarity there, but otherwise I couldn't think of anything. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, maybe if Taylor writes a tell-all one day, we'll figure it out. <laughs> she would. <laughs> she, I hope so. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Oh. <laughs> we both just sighed. <laughs> that would be so cool. Um, okay, so fun fact is that a remix of this song was used for an episode of CSI called Turn, Turn, Turn. And Taylor herself made an appearance in the episode. Oh my God, that's so, so funny. Hey, you know what? The relationship didn't work out, but you got on CSI. Got CSI. So that's something. That's fun. Better yeah. than nothing. It's <laughs> more, more, more than I've accomplished I in life. I was going to say that. <laughs> really? uh, all the breakups I've been through, I never ended I never up on got CSI. To get on CSI. <laughs> um, no music video for this one. Um, some live performances. Now I. I don't know how I feel about this. Um, in the Fearless tour, she would perform this as a mashup with Justin Timberlake's What Goes Around. What did you think about that? I just thought it was a really bad performance. Yeah. It was bad. Mm-hmm. The first note, I was like, oh, God, what's going on? I think maybe she was sick or something. Possible. Yeah, because she was flat. I mean, and... I'm quite, you know, liberal nowadays because I'm like, oh, you know, she was a little flat or whatever, but that was back when she was young and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. This was just like straight up a bad performance. Mm-hmm. She sounded terrible. So I don't know what was going on. Uh, but, but beyond how she sounded, which I'm sure, you know, I mean, she's up there singing her heart out for an hour and a half. God yeah. knows. I mean, yeah. I couldn't oh, do any better. Sure. Um, it was just a rough, I think it was just a rough performance for whatever reason. But the mashup in and of itself, eh. I was kind of indifferent about it. I feel like I get kind of where it's coming from. If she is feeling especially petty and she wants to be like, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, you're not sorry. I found out all your secrets. And also, guess what? Like, you're going to get yours one day. <laughs> sure. You're just kind of layering on mm-hmm. more pettiness. And that can be cathartic. Yeah. You know, yeah. who am I to judge? Like, that feels good sometimes. Yeah. But it was all very dramatic. And then mm-hmm. I think coupled with the fact that she didn't sound great, I just watched the whole thing and I felt a little tired. Yeah. <laughs> just a little tired. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Let's calm down. I don't know if maybe part of the reason that I did not like this performance was because I don't like the Justin Timberlake song, What Goes Around. Um, it's not very interesting. I, it's pretty repetitive. I have nothing... <laughs> I, I don't even have enough energy to say why I don't. I just don't like it. Um, fair. So That's fair. And I also, I don't know. I I like You're Not Sorry Enough that I'm like, why didn't you just sing your own song? Why did you mash it up, mash it up with Justin Timberlake's song? Mm. Um, and yeah, I agree that, I mean, like her actual voice was 
Yeah, something was going not on. Great. Yeah. And I will say this song, it's a quite low. Um, it the, is. The notes are, are quite low, especially at the very beginning. Um, so, yeah, if you've just been singing for as long as she had been singing in her tour, maybe that was she kind of probably exhausted. Yeah, contributing. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, in the Speak Now tour. This song never gets its own moment. It's like, let's do a mashup with Back to December, which needs its own moment. I know, right? And then she mashed that up with the song Apologize, which I'm like, get that garbage out of here. Like, keep Back to December such a good song. It is. And then, and You're Not Sorry. So she mixed all those three in. Um, I thought that, like, the, the stage production of that with, like, the all bridge the, and the, yeah. the, the um, all the string players yeah. were like, it was dramatic. Beautiful. Beautiful. And she was like wearing this beautiful dress. Oh, she dress looked amazing. And, mm-hmm. um, she but, came up out of the floor on a piano. Yeah. Wasn't that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So cool. And I, by the end of it, I was like, I wish it would have just been back to December. I don't even, yeah. I'm, I'm not even happy that you're not sorry was a part of this. <laughs> like, I feel like. Back to December is such a beautiful song. Let that have its moment. Don't don't bring other stuff into this. What did you think? Yeah, agree. I also thought um, I was gripped by the scenery. Mm-hmm. Uh, a plus to the production team. <laughs> I thought they did a great job. She sounded pretty good um, in that one, at least from what I remember. I know I did not watch the whole thing, though, yeah. because I was kind of like vibing to back to December. Yeah, exactly. That's what, that's, yeah, I think that's what she started with, It right? was like the majority mm-hmm. was back to yeah, December. Yeah, yeah. And then at the end, she and then other was, Whenever other stuff started happening, I was kind of like, okay, um, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to tap out of this. Yeah. So yeah, I, um, yeah, I don't know why. Uh, I wonder why uh, she won't give this song its own moment. However, your favorite. Oh, she performed she it. She sure did give it its own moment. And you know what? Only time I've ever liked it. Because she always sounds amazing. The red tour B stage magic. The red pants, the striped shirt, and the B stage, and the ponytail, and the guitar. It's the con. This is. It's world peace. This is going to bring about world peace. I feel like. I mean, it's too late now. Because that was in like, what, 2012? Didn't work, apparently. But I. I want to like test this. I want to see like, just keep playing more songs, Taylor. See if there's any that Taylor Carly doesn't Pick like. Pick a song that I like hate. Yeah. Like, what's the song I hate? Like, "Strong" by One Direction, <laughs> and make her sing it on the B stage in that outfit. And Not even her own song. I bet I'll love it. Yeah, I mean, like it's perfect. If anybody can can fix "Strong" by One Direction. <laughs> It's tar- it's Taylor Swift. Uh, I would kind of love to see that now. I'm fascinated. I wonder if that's a that. controversial opinion. Do people like that song? I, I think it's know. stupid. I <laughs> I love One Direction, but I think that song is dumb. I, I think don't know why. like hardcore One Direction fans will get mad at you for for anything, anything that, you say. that I say so, at all. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but we do love One Direction. We do. And she sounded yes. Just to reiterate, she sounded amazing on yes. the Red Tour when she performed this uh, acoustically. So tell us your thoughts about the whole song. Oh, yes. Well, hopefully this one will be quick. I've been quite long-winded tonight. But it's, an, okay. it's another song I feel like it improved a lot with Taylor's version. Mm-hmm. Um, it was never a bad song. Uh, it's just that it's, like, so emotional. Mm-hmm. And it's so sad. Yeah. And the vocals and the production, um, if, if they're not perfect, it kind of makes it hard to listen to because you're like, okay, then why am I here? It, it, you know, if, if it's going to be such a slog, at least make it sound literally perfect so that I can appreciate the musical <laughs> perfection and Ooh, not like, don't hold back, Carly. drag me down. <laughs> but again, that's what people need sometimes. You know, I get it. People yeah. need to wallow. Yeah. But 
you can't wallow every day. That's true. And this is like, there's nothing about it that, that is, that I'm able to appreciate um, separate from the wallowing. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I'm either going to listen to it and wallow or mm-hmm. I don't want to hear it at all. You yeah. know, but there are song, there are sad songs out there that I think maybe have a little bit lighter of a melody or they have something super interesting about them, like either lyrically or musically yeah. that makes me like, Oh, well, I'm not sad right now. Oh, but I want to listen to this cause it's, amazing all too well all too well is yeah. a great example of yeah. that the other example that came to mind not a taylor swift song but a perfect song is um i can't make you love me by bonnie Raitt. one of my favorite songs you of all like time that song. i love it and it is such the chords in that song are so interesting they're mm-hmm. so jazzy they're so unexpected and even if i don't feel like crying myself to sleep i can listen to that song any day of the week love so that. there you go um yeah the harmonies sound really tight i think her voice sounds lovely mm-hmm. um when Whenever she goes really high on those no's, when mm-hmm. she hits that high note on the word no, I think they're just like, like yeah. crystal clear and beautiful. Um, it's just not my favorite song. It's just, that's really it's all I got. Yeah, it's, um, I think that, um, I think some of the best lyrics are, um, well, one, one of them that I think really resonates with me is uh, I've been giving out chances every time and all you do is let me down. Mm-hmm. And it's taking me this, it's taken me this long, baby, but I figured out, but I figured you out and you're thinking we'll be fine again, but not this time mm-hmm. around. And I love that it starts off um, so strong because it just is like, yeah, I'm not holding anything back anymore. I know exactly what I need to do and here it yeah. is. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. Um, I also love the lyric, um, could have loved you all my life if you hadn't left me waiting in the cold, which gives, um, maybe this thing was a masterpiece till you tore it all up vibes. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. I was here, I was in. Yeah. So it's really your fault because you messed it up. And I think I love that honesty. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I love you used to shine so bright, but I watched it all of it fade. Yeah. Cause I feel like that that hits. We've all been there. Like where something just felt perfect and vibrant and Mm -hmm. then it was like dead by the time you ended it you know so yeah musically i can't really say i enjoy much about this one i usually do love a piano ballad but once again if it's just like sad with 10 a's (laughs) i need something else to grip me yeah um to really get invested in it so oh and then last thing yeah the strings are are just too much for me in You're this one. You're not liking the strings. I'm not episode. loving the strings, and it's sometimes okay. I love strings. Yeah. I wish I could give you a logical reason as to why I love them sometimes and why I hate them sometimes. I can't. It's well, just, do they hit or do they not hit? For me, they don't hit in this song. But I respect anybody who thinks the strings hit in this song. <laughs> That's fine. You're allowed to think that. Um, Very fair of you. Yep. Five out of ten. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Five out of ten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to feel very similar to you about this song. Mm-hmm. And then I had an experience last year yes. <laughs> that gave me a really a great appreciation for this song. Mm-hmm. And I don't wish that on anybody. Um, I hope that no one who ever listens to a Taylor Swift song <laughs> has to feel the way that Taylor felt writing this and that I felt listening to it after last summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like I totally understand everything you said, and I agree with everything that you said, except for the fact that the first time I heard it after 
I, I don't want to get into a lot of details, well, but I had a falling out with somebody who I was extremely, extremely, extremely close with mm-hmm. my entire life. Yeah. Last summer, we had a falling out. And um, it was one of those things that, I mean, Carly knows this a lot because we talked about I this could go for a off. long time. I won't, but um, I could. <laughs> but it was one of those things that after this like last straw that broke the camel's back, so to say, mm-hmm. um, looking back on the whole relationship, I started to see like, oh, there were things the entire time that were bad, that were toxic, that were harmful to me. And because this was somebody who I loved so deeply, I just let them do those things to me and thought, well, it's okay because they love me and they're doing that because they love me. Um, and, you know, um, I've I, now that I'm getting older and a little bit wiser maybe and going to therapy and starting to realize what um, kind of healthy boundaries are. Uh, no, those, uh, those things are never okay. It's never okay to be intentionally hurtful to somebody mm-hmm. um, and know that you can get away with it because that person really loves you. And whether or not you agree, because this person does not agree that they were hurting me. Right. Um, right. But I can tell you that they were. Um, Isn't it so funny that some people feel entitled to tell mm-hmm. you what you do or do not feel? Yeah. Like, I didn't hurt you. It's like, how yeah. would you know? Yeah. And then it's, <laughs> when this all came to a head this past summer, and I finally was like, you know what? This is this is not good for me. I need to really distance myself from this relationship. Then finally, after all that, there was there was a lot of back and forth with this person. And then it finally, after I like demanded an apology got an I'm sorry and it was like claw for that apology yeah Yeah. and uh it did not feel like authentic it made me feel like you're not sorry (laughs) and then um and we come full circle here we are (laughs) so now listening to this I'm like she she really hit the nail on the head when she wrote this of like somebody who and I think this was in the the opening notes to the entire album. I think she had said it's fearless to when somebody keeps doing the same thing over and over to you and hurting you, it's fearless to say that you're not sorry and to walk away. Mm-hmm. Um, she said it more eloquently than I did just there, but that was the gist. Um, yeah, I, I think that is really a powerful message. And she learned that when she was like, what, she was like 17, 18, 19 when she wrote these songs. Um, I'm 28 and I'm just learning it, but better late than never. Anyway, um, so yeah, my, some of my favorite lyrics are, I've been giving out chances every time and all you do is let me down. So good. Yes. Um, it's very similar to what you, I think you said this exact line. It's taken me this long, baby, mm-hmm. but I figured you out and you're thinking we'll be fine again, but not this time around. Oh. Yes. Uh, and these lyrics are really simple, but I think there's a real power to, this is the last straw. Don't want to hurt anymore. Mm -hmm. And you can tell me that you're sorry, but I don't believe you baby. Like I did before. You're not sorry. Mm -hmm. It's, um, the, the don't want to hurt anymore is like, I I don't know. There's something about how simple, but effective that is to me. It's like, yeah, like I, I'm feeling bad that I want to be out of this relationship, but I don't want to hurt anymore. So yeah. like, I'm not the villain here. Right. Anyway, um, could have loved you all my life if you hadn't left me waiting so in the good. cold, just like you said. Mm-hmm. And you used to shine so bright, but I watched all of it fade. Oh. Um, also, the way she sings that is oh, yeah. mm, gorgeous. 
Um, other favorite musical moments I had were the way that she sings, you've got your share of secrets and I'm tired of being lost to know. Um, I'm also not a huge fan of the strings, <laughs> but I think the piano is pretty. Yeah. Um, I like the way that she goes quiet at the beginning of the bridge and then she almost gets to a bit of a growl as she moves into the last chorus. Mm-hmm. That especially that uh, watched all of it fade is just like her voice is really powerful there. Um, and the way her voice sounds on There's Nothing Left to Beg For. Oh. Yeah. So, um, I mean, like you, this is not one that I'm like looking forward to hearing, <laughs> but I can appreciate it more now that I've had the experience in my life. So seven out of 10 for me. Listen, that is solid and respectable. It really is. Because yeah, I think it's very, very fair to say, and I hope that like people don't get offended, like super offended whenever I give something a four out of 10 or no, when you give something it's... a four out of 10, but it's very fair to say that your relationship with songs, your relationships with songs change over mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, that has absolutely happened to me where there's yeah. been so- to songs that I haven't given the time of day of and then something happened mm-hmm. and then you listen to them again and it um, it just makes them more meaningful and then that gets weighed more heavily than like, oh, it doesn't have a great hook or whatever, yeah. <laughs> like, or whatever you're feeling. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, again, this is a, I think it's a powerful song. It's just, yeah. it's one of those ones that sonically mm-hmm. never ruined really did anything for me and it was wasn't particularly memorable but it's certainly powerful lyrically yeah. and the concept of it is mm-hmm. very um empowering especially like you said for a young songwriter yeah yeah it's actually now that the way that you're saying that your pe- mm-hmm. your relationship with a song can change mm-hmm. it's one of those things that like taylor is so good at because like mm. she's so good at capturing what what feelings feel like yes, and putting them into words that you wouldn't, you wouldn't yourself think to describe them the way that she does. Yeah. And then it's like one of those things where after you've had the experience, you happen to hear the song again and you're like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Now this is how it feels like she, she nailed it. And now I appreciate this song more. And yeah. isn't that kind of funny how it's almost like, you have to have the secret password to understand To understand songs. it. Yeah, it totally is. And now I'm thinking about this one and I'm thinking, well, at what, what stage of my life would I have been a stan of You're Not Sorry? Mm. And I think it would have been like summer of 2016. <laughs> <laughs> there may have been a yeah. span of about seven days where, mm-hmm. I had, where I had just enough emotional yeah. em- emotional baggage and then I got over that shit pretty quickly <laughs> you're amazing <laughs> to be honest um but it, but there was a period of time where I'm like oh yeah okay if I had known this song existed yeah I probably would have been blasting it every night yeah. like <laughs> chopping onions you know <laughs> Oh, well, it feels good to be back in the saddle, so to speak. It does feel good to be back. Yes. And I have to say, that was pretty efficient. I think we did pretty well. We did pretty darn good. Do we want to talk about what we're listening to right now? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Do you want to go first? Oh, sure. Um, I can't get into a bunch of specifics, but I can say that I've just been listening to Red a lot, the album. I love that. Yeah. It's been one of those, it's been a week of kind of me not having the energy to mm-hmm. think about what I want to play in the car. Mm-hmm. And also I'm all caught up on my current favorite podcast, which is oh. sad in the city hosted by Taylor Tomlinson. Love it. And so after Tuesday, I'm like, I don't have any more episodes of sad in the city. And so I've just <laughs> been shuffling red by Taylor Swift. I love that. 
10 out of 10 that album 10 out of 10 any particular song that you're like really enjoying from mm. red this week you know what state of grace oh yeah so good. yeah acoustic or regular no, the regular one i do the love the acoustic mm-hmm. one but every time i turn on the album and it starts mm-hmm. like in that kick it kicks off with that that beat that goes on for like a Those minute drums and a half. are so good they're so good yeah. yeah they're so so good and i think that it, it says a lot that after so many days of like just putting that on by default I'm, I'm still not sick of State of Grace. Yeah. Every time it hits up, I'm like, yeah, let's go. I'm like, All right. <laughs> Does it make you want to go walking fast through traffic in the city? <laughs> Absolutely. It does. It never fails to make me want to go walking fast through traffic lights in the city. I have to be careful. If I'm ever listening to it while I'm like walking around Lawrenceville. Oh, yeah. And I'm not, not looking at the walk sign. And I'm just like walking fast through the traffic <laughs> Cause an accident. Gotta be careful. It was Taylor Swift. What was Taylor's fault? What was I supposed to do? How about you? (laughs) I have been on a real speak now kick. Nice. um, This past few weeks. And I've been listening to the album as a whole, but uh, the two songs that I'm going to give a little call out to are um, Story of Us. Classic. And Better Than Revenge. And let me tell you, girl, we all know I love Angry Taylor. Those are two of her finest works from Angry Taylor's finest works include Story of Us and Better Than Revenge. Can't wait to talk about those two. And I'm just going to say it. I hope she doesn't change the lyrics of Better Than Revenge when she does Taylor's version. I kind of love how mean it is and... A little bit of misogyny as a treat. A little slut shaming as a, a treat. Slut shaming as a treat. Just a sprinkle of <laughs> slut shaming. You know what? We can stand our ground on so many issues. I know, right? Let me enjoy better than Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that song. And I think I might sound like a broken record because I think I've said this before, so okay. I apologize if I'm repeating myself, but I I um agree to an extent i'm like uh it did hit really hard and mm-hmm. it is super mean and oh, super yeah. problematic but she's being mean and problematic in that song and sometimes petty. people are yeah like when you're when you're speaking out of anger you're yeah. gonna say stuff to people that you don't that the next day you're gonna regret so yeah. i think that it would be fine i personally wouldn't have an issue if she kept it however the only thing i'll say is the only thing that would be better than keeping it were if she found, if she, the masterful lyricist that she is, mm-hmm. changed the lyrics and somehow made it even meaner, mm. but less politically incorrect, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If she can find a way to make something hurt even more yeah. while offending less people, she will truly be... Like the Mozart of our of the modern age. <laughs> if anyone can do it, it's her. I know. Right? All I have to say is, I will be very devastated if the word the the line she thinks I'm psycho because I like to rhyme her name with things does not end up in Taylor's version. Oh, I think that should stay. I in. love that. I love the way she says it. I yeah. love the way how quick it is. That's like, yeah, I, oh, she's so freaking genius. I think- <laughs> that one can stay i love I, th- I think that one can stay i think the one that people will probably have the most issue with is she's better known for the things she does on the mattress Pro- probably 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 yeah, uh-huh. but time will tell i guess i can't wait for speak now taylor's version i'm so excited for it oh, it's gonna be so good okay well um if you made it through all of that <laughs> Yulia, if you're still around, thank you again. Yes, thank you so much, Yulia, for listening. (laughs) 
Tell your friends. Tell all of your friends. Um, oh, and then I should add one more thing announcement-wise okay. that I forgot to mention at the beginning, mm, which okay. was as an as a just an additional um, uh, something to tack on to our apology for our unplanned hiatus. Right. I wanted to let everybody know that we are also going to be taking a planned hiatus when we finish reviewing Fearless Taylor's version. Mm -hmm. So. I'm terrible at math. I don't know when that's going to be off the top of my head. You and me both, I'm, girl. Right. <laughs> but we, we are not accountants for a reason. No, there's a reason that we write for a living. <laughs> um, but when we get to the end of this album, we are going to be taking, I think it's going to be the remainder of whatever month we finish this album in, mm -hmm. and then the month after that. Yeah. So it will probably be, it'll be between one and two months yeah. of a hiatus. Um, but that'll give us time to get, build up a really nice backlog of episodes. Mm -hmm. So even though you might have to wait a little bit hopefully it means that when we come back yes. there won't be any more huge lulls that you could drive a truck through <laughs> um like there was this past month <laughs> life happens man we get i know things right? get busy so yeah. thank you for forgiving us we're just gonna <laughs> assume that you forgive us <laughs> please do it would be so kind of you thank you so much for listening yes and i guess we'll see you next time see you next time bye bye, bye.